Hey, welcome to Wolf's Watch, episode number 157. Remote work. Remote work was something that got pushed on a lot of companies in, in a big way during the great lockdown in 2020. And there was a long-term trend of more, uh, more and more businesses, more and more people being able to work remote, which has great benefits, also has some challenges. And especially when all of a sudden you have to do way more of it than you never planned. You know, it was like... Bam, like that. You had to adapt, correctly. Now, is that having a great effect on you? I mean, you can have more, more productive teams, right? Research is showing that when properly done, excuse me, it can be more productive. But at the same time, how's it affecting the relationships within your team, the dynamic, the culture within your company? As you have more people re working remote, likely now, depending on, on which state in the United States you're in, um, have more people back in the office or not. You may be in one of the states that still is uh, struggling to find a way to reopen. And the point being, watch out for a big mistake that results in team dynamic fraying, the relationships fraying. And it's about, before, before we get to that, something fun, something fun. Today is National Bagel and Locks Day. And I know this is a digression, but I just had to share this with you. And it's Bagel and Locks Day. If you haven't had Bagel and Locks and maybe a little bit of cream cheese with it, you are missing out. You know, I take a fond memories from um, as a youngster when we used to go to Blocks Bagels in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, man, I haven't. You know, maybe it's just the warm glow of uh, of memory, of nostalgia. But I remember the big, chewy night, you know, nice, not crisp, but nice exterior to the bagel and a nice, chewy were perfect for locks. And that was where uh, some of my classmates going to school had uh, introduced me to blocks and the concept of bagels and locks. And oh, my gosh, haven't had anything as good since but there's some there's some great options i have, have bagels and locks today if you haven't trust me you will enjoy it if it is one of your favorites yeah grab another round if you've already had some because it's national bagel and locks day now back to what it was starting on with the, with the story and thank you for hanging with me on the digression uh the story about remote work you know remote work's not new it's something that let's frame what is meant by remote work here? You know, it's where you have people not coming into the office, not going into the factory. There's some things that just you have to be hands-on, right? You can't assemble parts on a, on a production line remotely, right? Someone or a machine, you know, a person has to be there, put the parts together. There's some things you can't put a fire out remotely, right? Our firefighters need to be on the scene. So there's some things that just can't be done they need physical presence of humans in order to do it. There's a lot of things that can be done. Um, programming was an area that was going remote faster than other, than other regions. Sales teams have been remote for a long time and technology has made that work smoother. Uh, managing far flung organizations, you know, the, 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 um, the direct sales industry, you know, companies like Amway and other big direct sales organizations, and they've, they've had far-flung 
organ, uh, organizations that they don't have people coming into an office. It's not how they operate. And a lot of times they're going into, you know, going to people's homes in order to, to, uh, to meet with them, to sell, to bring, uh, to help people start businesses. Now here's the, the point to that. Remote's been around for a long time. Technology makes it better. But what are the key things that make it work and to make it don't work? You know, the, the, the things that make it, uh, give you a team that's more productive versus in what causes teams to disintegrate, to cultures to, to fray and come apart in companies. Something that I learned in um, the 1990s, I have a story about that, we were managing remote teams and we were using the technology available at the time. We'll come back to that. Let's go back even farther in history. You know, I always like to, to look at what's been happening on this day in history. And this ties in to the discussion of remote teams. On this day in 1775, let me make sure I got this right. 1775 on September, on, um, not September, is this September? What year is this? <laughs> on February 9th, if I can find my cursor here, we will switch back to this. Uh, yeah, on, on February 9th, 1775, the British Parliament declared Massachusetts, the colony of Massachusetts at the time, to be in rebellion, in a state of rebellion, which then allowed um, their government, their military, the Redcoats, under General Gage, was immediately in the area. He was um, allowed them to shoot suspected rebels on sight because they, they criminalized opposition at that, you know, opposition speech. So they, they took it to the next level. There had been in, so five months, about five months before that, in September of 1774, the first Continental Congress had, had uh, been held, had met. And they had wanted to, re, you know, to, to get resolution to what they considered to be some oppressive uh, actions on the part of the British government where the colonies were concerned. This was dismissed by the British government when they were asking for redress. You know, something that's one of the reasons that the right to redress is written into the U.S. Constitution, the right to redress grievances against, uh, with respect to the government, grievances against the government. Now, the British re uh, responded by vilifying, demonizing, and ignoring what the Continental Congress was asking. So, the argument continued to spiral, which resulted in February 9th, 1775, the decree that what is now the state of Massachusetts or the colony of Massachusetts at that time was in a state of rebellion. So General Gage began doing what he was then allowed to do. So he said, what this did is any, then anybody could be considered a criminal, a rebel that was uh, speaking out against the government, right? No opposition speech, no grievances. If you stated that, you were considered a rebel and you could be shot on sight. And General Gage then started making moves to, uh, and laying in plans to move forward with disarming, you know, taking the weapons, the guns away from the colonists at that time because he knew it would be easier to impose um, what, the, you know, impose the government's decrees on taxes and other things that uh, that the colonists were arguing about at the time. Go, well, wait a minute. We, we want to have more of a say in this. You know, we're telling us what we can and can't do, you know, who we can and can't associate with, where we can and can't go, right? Who can have a business, who can't. So those types of issues were very prominent. And as, and as General Gage moved forward with his plans to disarm 
who were now decreed people who were now decreed rebels that ultimately led to the famous um later in the spring the famous paul revere ride letting people know that the redcoats are coming how does this tie into our discussion of remote work remote teams well think about what happened between the colonies and the the british government at the time they were british citizens they didn't really want to become a separate country you know this first continental congress was not moving to become a separate country they considered themselves loyal subjects they had grievances complaints that they wanted to resolve with the government and they and they were being told no you'll do you'll do what we say and you won't question us this was one of the keys they they made it illegal criminalized state of rebellion to question the government and a lot of this happened because it was hard to maintain relationships in such a far-flung location as the colonies with respect to where the United Kingdom is located. You know, you're talking weeks, perhaps months to get across the ocean. So communications had a several month lag and it was written. You couldn't, you couldn't run down the street. You couldn't dial them up on the phone. Couldn't zoom a meeting to meet face to face and discuss what was going on. Even if they had, would that have been enough? I mean, Something that I learned, coming back to the story, I wanted to tell you about what I learned in uh, in running remote teams or a team that was made up of remote individuals. We had a, it was a corporate level team for a uh, large company that I was working with at the time. And we had representatives from each of the different business units, which were spread around the country. And they represented uh, 65,000 plus people. It wasn't the entire company, but they represented the major business units uh, located in different states. So they're spread around continental U.S. At that time, the best technology we had uh, was, was a video system that was very clunky. It had delays. It was sort of like what we do today over the internet, but there were a lot of delays. There was lag time. You'd say something and there'd be a 30 second lag. So it was very, it was just horrible. And it was just obscenely expensive to use. So we couldn't do the meetings very often. Couldn't justify it. So we would do meetings at least once a month, every other week, when uh, when needed to, if we had something that were, that were productive working means. So we had to make sure that it was productive when we met and we had to manage the timing because it was expensive. And that's something to consider as well. Meetings tend to be very expensive activities. When you look around a meeting, whether it's virtual or face or, or real time in a conference room, look at how many people were there and what is the cost of that? If you dollarize, monetize the hour just say an hour, the hour of time for everybody in that room. What is that costing you? What is it costing the company? What is, and, and then add on the missed opportunity for what they could be out producing, their productive activity. Meetings are incredibly expensive. So is it necessary? Is something actually getting done? The other thing, though, we found even though we had these virtual face-to-face meetings, the relationships didn't hold unless we got together on a periodic basis, face-to-face, real time. We needed to do at least once a quarter. We found that breaking bread and having a meal, you know, we'd meet, have working meetings. Uh, at the same time, we'd break out and, you know, and handle work that we needed to get done for our, in our respective jobs for business units that they reported to. And then come back together, have lunch, have dinner. That, that time spent together talking over food was crucial to maintaining the relationships. 
without doing that, we ran into problems where we couldn't get things done. We couldn't function as a team because we all had our respective, um, uh, respective responsibilities and loyalties to the different business units within the company that responded to an industrial company. So they were making different, uh, different products for different markets. And without having that time face-to-face -face breaking bread, we could not maintain the relationships and, and would, would run into problems with at best slow down at worst. We ran into things where people just would not cooperate because they were digging their heels in for their local business unit, as opposed to looking at how, how could we adjust? Cause we were working on corporate level, best practices, corporate level policies to uh, make it easier for the businesses to operate, to make them more efficient, more productive, more profitable. Now, how does that, how do you apply that in your teams? Something you need to watch out for. The big mistake is not paying attention to the relationships and having FaceTime in a way that is not formal business, is not about getting stuff done, has everybody there so that they can just work on enjoying each other's company, getting to know each other better and managing and, and building the relationships. Ideally, this would be face-to-face, -face, you know, go out for dinner, have, you know, whatever it would be, meet for lunch. Sometimes that's not possible. You know, again, depending on which state you're in, you may not be able to get people together in a restaurant because the government still decrees that, that some businesses can, some businesses cannot be open. Some people can go, some people can't go, depending on what they're decreeing. Now, that being said, how do you do that in the, in the virtual environment? Are you doing a, uh, you know, five o'clock cocktail hour. And I'm not advocating drinks like adult beverages. What I am saying is have some kind of, you know, some kind of unstructured time to just be able to talk, socialize, visit, check in with each other and encourage people to do that on a one-on-one -on -one or one to one, you know, one with three in smaller groups as they have time as well. That's crucial. And it should be happening at least once a week in or if you're doing it virtually at least once a week, because virtual environment takes more of that kind of activity to maintain those bonds. And if you don't, it frays, you won't be able to maintain a high performance team. So that is a crucial, crucial mistake to avoid. So just a quick tip for today. Thanks for being part of Wolf's Watch. Always appreciate you being part of the conversation. You know, like I say, this is 21st century television, right? Live and interactive. Look forward to uh, hearing more from you. And again, thanks for watching Wolf's Watch, and I will see you on the trail.